Hello, this is the World's Economic News by Coldwater Economics on Monday the 1st of June. Let me say a brief word about what it is I'm trying to do and why. It is simply an attempt to report accurately and consistently on significant developments in the world economy. Every day, there's a ton of data released by the world's major economies, but of that, only a small fraction needs your attention. This report will highlight only those things which are out of sync or unexpected, out by a factor equivalent to, say, a full standard deviation of what you'd expect. Why am I doing it? Well, a long time ago, a Taiwanese reporter answered that question for me when he said that getting the economics right, getting the economics news right, was necessary to give his country's businessmen a workable view of the world. And that's what I'm trying to do with this. There wasn't much economic news from the US today. The one thing which really mattered was the ISM Manufacturing Index. This is the granddaddy of all these PMIs that get published all over the world, and it's got a very long and very successful track record. In fact, I'd say it's probably the only PMI which is genuinely taken seriously. The picture it painted in May was of US industry still contracting, but slightly less than in April. It was up just 1.6 points to 43.1. But the overall tone seems a bit brighter, and that comes through in some of the judgments uh, quoted by ISM uh, coming back from their surveys. Uh, Computer and electronics products guys said, uh, quote, despite the COVID-19 issues, we are seeing an increase of quoting activity. This has not yet turned into orders, but it is a positive sign. Petroleum coal products uh, guys, quote, fuel sales demand are beginning to rebound in May as stay-at-home orders are lifted across the country, close quotes. Um, Non-metanic mineral products, quote, we see a lot of positive signs despite what's going on. People seem to continue to be building and looking to projects for fall of 2020 and beyond. There is good optimism out there. And uh, this one I thought was interesting from the machinery sector, quote, Getting out from under several suppliers being closed worldwide. Also, looking at what really needs to be in China. Unquote. And so on to Asia. In Asia, I'm featuring three things today. First, the unexpectedly strong capex numbers for Japan in the first three months of the year. Secondly, South Korea's May trade numbers. And third, Hong Kong's April retail sales values. All of them were in one way or another surprisingly strong, better than expected. Japan's Ministry of Finance each quarter does an absolutely massive survey of private sector balance sheets and P&Ls. The latest, for example, which took in from January to March, took in 943,000 different companies. So it's the closest and broadest picture we're going to get of corporate Japan. What was really surprising was that in the first quarter, CapEx rose by 4.4%, which was a major recovery from the 3% fall seen in the fourth quarter. Finance and insurance investment rose 5.2%, non-manufacturing 6.2%, manufacturing 0.6%. I think there are three things to notice about this. First, manufacturers are doubling down on the capital goods sector. CapEx for the business-oriented machinery sector rose 41.4%. Electrical machinery, 11.7%. Production machinery, 5%. And this 
is happening despite absolutely wretched business conditions. If you look overall, sales were down 3.5% year-on-year, but operating profits were down 34% year-on-year, as operating margins basically collapsed to just 3.58% from 5.23% a year ago. These are the narrowest margins Japan's been operating on since the beginning of 2013. And third, bear in mind that the re- this recommitment to investment spending and capital goods sector came before early April supplementary budget, which allocated $2.2 billion to help corporate Japan reshore its operations from China back to Japan. So there's a strong signal there, unexpected. Over to Korea, each month, South Korea becomes the first Northeast Asian industrial economy to report its trade numbers. And in May, South Korea's exports fell by 23.7% and its imports fell by 21.1%. And together, that shrank the monthly trade surplus by 1.65 billion over May 2019 to just 446 million. Still, crucially, that was better than what you would have expected. Looking at the details, two things stand out. First, although May's exports fell 23.7% year-on-year, this is actually slightly better than the 24.5% fall in April. And if you look at the month-on-month movement, it's almost exactly in line with what you'd expect looking at what normally happens in May. So there is no sequential continued deterioration then. Second, the main reason for the 21.1% fall in imports is basically in the collapse in energy prices. Imports of crude were down 68.4%, coal was down 36.1%, and gas down 9.1%. If you then look at the imports of manufacturing equipment, and in particular imports of semiconductor manufacturing equipment, they jumped 168% year-on-year. That same story of doubling down on CapEx, which we see in Japan, there was some, this provided some evidence that it was happening also in South Korea. Over to Hong Kong, April's retail sales struggled slightly less than expected, even though they were down 36.1% year-on-year. Again, you've got to compare that with March's 42.1% fall. And it makes sense, actually, in that context, that the month-on-month movement was actually 1.2 standard deviations better than you'd expect. Now, there's still pretty catastrophic damage being done in the watches and jewellery business, where sales were down 76.6% and were two standard deviations below trend. Two years ago, selling watches and jewellery basically to mainly China, Chinese mainlanders, made up 17% of total sales. But that's down to just under 6% in April. So there's only so much more damage that the watches and jewellery business can do to Hong Kong's overall numbers. Excluding those sales, sales fell only 28.7%, and the monthly movement was 1.4 standard deviations better than expected. The main falls there continue to be in basically clothing and shoes. And that's what happened in Asia. It was a quiet Monday for Europe, with really the only main data coming from markets, manufacturing PMIs for the Eurozone and the UK. Now, these PMIs purport to be a fast and reliable check on the manufacturing sector. 
Well, they're certainly fast. Uh, these are telling us what happened in May, when in fact the official numbers for Europe's industrial production numbers, they won't emerge until the second week of July. And if the past is anything to go by, the month-on-month -month fluctuations in these PMIs won't have any statistically interesting relationship with what the actual industrial output numbers are telling us. So take them for what they are. They are an inconsequential and inaccurate pieces of clickbait, which nonetheless the market takes notice of. All the indexes told us that industrial conditions in Europe deteriorated some more in May, albeit not quite as dramatically as in April. For what it's worth, and it's not a lot, here's the league table of the results. Top, Italy, 45.4. Second, UK, 40.7. Third, France, 40.6. Eurozone as a whole, 39.4. Spain, 38.3. And bringing up the rear, Germany, 36.6. I'm not sure it tells you very much, but those are the numbers.